Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey, I'm Seth Hawkins. Welcome to the Set Talks podcast. My guest today is a former student at Mount St. Mary's College. I'm looking forward to our conversation and seeing what he brings to the table today. Right now, here is DJ Walker. DJ, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, man. I'm excited to be on. Absolutely, bro. How have you been as of late, man? What's been going on with you? Honestly, man, been doing a lot of working, uh, getting ready to knock out this fifth year of school, and just a lot of coaching, just really trying to focus on giving back and just, you know, building myself as a person. Got you, man. That's what's up. Hey, quick question before we get going. Are you good at math? I've been working on this math class this whole entire semester. My brain was just so tired before we started recording. I was like, I don't even want to do this podcast, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. Are you any good at math? Um, You know, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm the best at math, but uh, I like to say that I'm persistent, so I, I can try to keep going through it, but I can't say I'm the best. Likewise, I, I'm not the best either, but I've been being, I've been persistent with the dude. Like I'm talking waking up at five five thirty in the morning just to crank out an hour and a half of studying, trying to trying to get this material right, trying to get it together. Cause dude, I'm not the best at it. I haven't done math in three years. Now I don't have a choice but to do it because I have to get my degree. So I got two more math classes I need to do. I'm in the struggle. Your boy is hurting. Say some prayers for your boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but nonetheless, man. How has life been treating you? I know right now we're going through a pandemic. COVID's been affecting us. The Delta variant has risen. It's been affecting all of us. How has that been affecting you from a mental standpoint? Um, so from the mental standpoint, I, I can reflect a lot on, uh, especially last school year, you know, being down at St. Mary's and um, not really being able to enjoy that college atmosphere, you know, being able to go out and meet new people every weekend and just being able to be with groups of people. It's, it's definitely uh, kind of, I guess you could say, made me a little bit uh, socially awkward. You know, it's kind of different talking with people. And But um, I think the biggest thing that I could take away from it was just the, the sense of growth and maturity, right? There's so much time to just sit back and reflect on things that you've done in the past, things that are going, you know, happening in your future. And, you know, it kind of felt like the world was on pause for a little bit. And I was able to really make some uh, leaps and, and gain some ground in just my personal life. And um, I couldn't be more happy with uh, just how I made the best out of last year and this upcoming year. 
Yeah, I feel you on that, especially with like feeling socially awkward in new situations because we were in quarantine for so long and we weren't really around a lot of people. And then all of a sudden the world opens back up and now we're around a bunch of people again. And it's like, it's weird because naturally I'm not that much of like a social person. Go figure because I host a podcast, but still to be to be around like large groups of people, it, it overwhelms me in a lot of ways. So having to adjust to that once again, it's been a challenge, but like I'm getting better at it. It. But like you said, I, I feel the growth, I feel the maturity in me as a person from March of 2020 of last year to now. Yeah. What helped you really grow and mature? Like what helped you, you know, form this perspective that you have now? Um, you know, honestly, and this might sound a little cliche, but just taking that time, you know, we're off and this is probably the first time since, you know, high school for me, or we can even say since I got my license, where I was able to actually just sit down with my parents and and kind of pick their brains on just the things that you don't really normally expect to have with, I guess, you know, a parent and a child conversation and just get really in-depth with just about where I want to take my life, right, and, and developing a plan, right? So I have all these goals and all these things I wanted to do, but there was no really way to execute them. So um, with this free time, it was real easy just to kind of sit down and just create steps, little minor goals and, and um, objectives that I just want to get done so I can get to where I want to be. And um, I think, honestly, like I, again, it's, it's going to sound really weird to say, but COVID just gave me that time and the opportunity to kind of sit back, take a breath, um, listen to my elders. That's one thing I've kind of always struggled with. I've always been wanting to go, 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 go. But sitting back and just listening to people who's been there, they've done that, and just being humble, you know, being able to take that advice. I agree. I think it's such a struggle in this world to slow down, especially in this country, because we prioritize the ability to work and always be on the go 24-7 and doing stuff. And we never really prioritize the importance of sitting down and reflecting and just gathering our thoughts and figuring out our next game plan. So, you know, when COVID happened, I was definitely grateful that that happened. It allowed me to create the podcast, allowed me to pursue other opportunities and goals that I wanted to do. So, you know, here's hoping that we're still able to do that, even though the world is opening up now. Yeah. Do you feel that you were still able to accomplish everything that you wanted to do? Do you still have stuff that you want to accomplish now? Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like that list is never going to you know, ever end. But um, I think for the most part, I got myself in a really good position. And it's just open doors. And I that stress is gone, right? That that stress of what's next, what's the next move. It's, it's kind of gone because it's already planned out. And, you know, all I got to do is stay, you know, stay faithful with my trust in God and letting know that, hey, everything's going to work its, its way out. You know, it's just sometimes, like you said, you just got to take that deep breath and, and, and sit down and put the effort to just plan it. Yeah, I mean, what a perspective to have, you know, that ability to let go of the things that we can't control and to, you know, just live, you know, let everything play its course. You know, obviously do your part and put the work in, but, you know, just, just let life happen. I feel like that's a beautiful thing that we should all aspire to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What are your hobbies? Like, what are things that you like to do in your spare time? I know you're a fan of lacrosse. Is that something that you still do? Are you too busy for it? Like, what are the things you like to do in your spare time? So, uh, this is actually a little weird. This is going to be my first year in college without playing lacrosse this year. Um, totally new atmosphere for me, but um, 
I guess you can say my biggest hobbies right now is just honestly coaching. And I'm having a lot of fun still being involved heavily in the game and giving back and just watching. And for me, it's more exciting to see a kid that I've been working with for a couple of weeks start understanding what I've been trying to teach them and show them and watching their maturity as a player. Like, that excites me because that's the future of the sport. And just seeing these kids take these next level and just getting so excited to see what their futures are going to be like. I mean, I've been having a, a way more fun coaching than I probably have playing, which is so weird to say, but um, that's that's been a really big help for me throughout COVID. And honestly, just being outside, being out indoors, putting the phone down, you know, doing different things, fishing, hiking, like getting some fresh air. That, that, that's been really, really good and a great hobby for me lately. That's good. We'll definitely get into coaching later on. I've got a lot of questions about that. I don't want to spoil it all now, but dude, I love being out in nature also. Like I get like a sense of calm and a sense of peace when I'm out in nature, whether that's going by the beach and looking at the water or just taking a walk around my backyard or finding a nearby place where I can take a hike at and just soak it all in, man. Get that vitamin D from the sun. Like I love doing all of that too. Yes, sir. Yeah, I highly recommend it, too, to anybody listening to the show right now. Like, get your vitamin D. Like, get out there in nature, man. Breathe in everything that we got. You know, it's going to get cold pretty soon in the winter. You know what I mean? I don't like being outside in the cold. <laughs> but other than that, bro, talk to me about the beginning. You know, when you were younger, coming up, what do you remember from your childhood? Um, wow. So... I grew up, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if you know, but I did grow up with divorced parents. Uh, we moved into Calvert County, probably when I was around about four or five from Prince George's. Um, unfortunately, you know, things happened and my parents got a divorce. And um, I, a lot of people may look at that as a, a very sharp negative and say that, you know, it could lead to dysfunctionalities and stuff like that. But, you know, I can only look at it as it's been a blessing, right? I got two loving parents that will do anything to support me and push me. It made me learn. It made me learn a lot. And just, right? So, like, just having to, you know, go to my mom's, and, you know, it's just me and hers, so kind of being the man of that household, and then going to my dad's, and then learning from him, just, hey, this is how a man conducts himself and holds himself, and this is how he stays accountable for his family, so... I think I, it was a really good experience. Um, you know, lacrosse has always been in my life since I was five, and, you know, that's been my outlet and my go-to. So as a kid, man, I think I just had – I think I had a great childhood, and I, I can only thank my parents for that. Yeah, what a blessing, bro, to be able to have that perspective where, you know, you weren't as bitter for your parents getting divorced, and you used that as an opportunity to still build an incredible bond with your parents. I mean, you still keep it to this day from what I can hear. So, I mean, that's an incredible thing, an incredible testimony on your part to have that ability. Yeah, I know you also have like a religious uh, side to you also. You know, you're very faithful. Where do you get your faith from? Oh, my mom, man. That, that's, that's her through and through. Um, so, little backstory. Uh, she had a lot of trouble uh, getting pregnant. My parents were married for 20 years and were not able to have any babies or anything. And she went for 12 straight years every Sunday and had the uh, pastor's wife pray for her and pray for her. And um, as she'll say, she'll cry. And it gets so annoying sometimes, which always say, I'm her miracle from God. And, um, I took that as a very seriously as a young kid, especially when I was just developing my faith is 
hey, like, God wanted me to be here. God had a plan for me. This is all things that every my life God had put in front of me, let it be a negative or a positive. He's done that for a reason. And I think that comes huge when it comes to the mental health aspect of going through challenges and feeling that kind of sort that sense of defeat. But, you know, when you understand that this is all a part of God's plan and this is a purpose, it makes it's like, you know, you work that eight-hour day and see that paycheck. It's kind of how it feels like. You get that reward at the end. And it just makes me want to stay more faithful to God and just keep following in his plans. Yeah, I agree. It's that ability to, you know, endure through all the hardships. And it's so difficult and it's so hard. As I said earlier with the math class, this is one of my growing pains, you know. Math is my weak subject. I'm not the best at it, but, you know, this is growing me. It's making me, you know, stronger mentally and it's preparing me for something better, something that I'm looking to work towards in the future. So I just got to go through it. But, you know, I think it's incredible that you know that you were chosen and that you were called to do something. I think that purpose is to, you know, coach and be a lacrosse coach and help your players out, you know, help them develop their game better. So it's cool to know that you have, you know, you're calling, you know what you're put to do on this earth. Yeah. With the exception of lacrosse, did you do other sports growing up or was it always lacrosse? Um, I, you know, I, I, you know, did a little bit of football, a little bit of basketball. Uh, of course, played every sport that you probably could play outside of like actual rec leagues um but to say i i think i kind of knew when i got probably around seven or eight years old i i looked at my dad and i said you know i'm gonna go play college across this is what i want this is what i'm gonna do and it made me just kind of shift my focus into just doing everything i can to get to that level um i've loved i love sports i love all sports that you could probably think of but um, lacrosse just gave me that, you know, time I was introduced is right when my parents were going through their divorce. And that was, that was my ground right there. That was, you know, once I put that helmet on and I'm out there on the field, there's not really anything you can say to me to take me away from that happy place. So lacrosse has just always kind of been there for me. That's incredible, bro. Like, that's really good. Talk to me about time management skills, because I know you did lacrosse in high school while also, you know, focusing on your academics as well. We'll definitely get into the college part in a bit, but how did you juggle all of that? Honestly, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I was the best at it because God knows I wasn't. But, um, you know, it's, it's a learning thing. It's a really big learning thing. And I think a big thing that helps with time management, is like just playing sports, right? And, Taking and challenging yourself to take those high-level classes that require a little bit more uh, extra effort outside of the classroom. Um, I think it just kind of sits back and prepares you for the real world, you know. And um, putting the phone down, it's huge. Like, I can't stress about how huge that's been for me. It's like, I want to get on my phone. I want to go look at Instagram. I want to go look at Twitter. And it's like, put the phone down. Go do what you got to do. And then maybe at the end of the day, you'll have some time to get that done. So just prioritizing what's important and pretty much everything's an investment. Is this going to help me or is this going to make me worse? Right. At what point did you get to that mentality of put the phone down and focus on your priorities? Was that in college or did you come to that mindset in high school? I, I really started settling on that um, probably about my after my sophomore year of college. Um, I wasn't doing hot academically. And it wasn't because of the difficulty of the courses or anything. It was just the attention and the effort that I was applying myself. And um, 
once I just started understanding that, you know, you're spending good and looking on your phone and finding other issues that it just makes it complicated to get done what's more important. Nah, I feel you 100%. Like, I just came to that realization last year for me was to put the phone down and focus on my academics and everything that I have to take care of just because when COVID happened and the shutdown happened, you know, there's so much free time on my hands and I'm at home, so I can pretty much do whatever I want. There's so many distractions around me. But I realized that in order to focus on my, you know, academics and put that first, I had to put the phone down, the tablet down, put you know, keep the laptop, make sure I'm not, you know, getting distracted and really focus on what I have to do because I wanted to get to that next level and I wanted good grades because I knew I could accomplish that. So, you know, I started sleeping in the room without my phone. Like literally, I will put my phone on charge, I'll turn it off, I'll leave it in the kitchen at night and I'll just go to sleep without the phone in my room. I'll pick it up after I work out or I'll meditate in the morning. I'll just pick it up and then from there, I'll go on it for a little bit, but I'm not on my phone as much like I used to just because it's just, it, it, it's distracting. And I feel like it takes away like from my purpose. Yeah, but it's like, it's tough though. It's like really hard because we we still do need our phones. And I have lots of moments where I just want to throw the phone away, just put it in a drawer and just leave it alone forever. But I got to carry it with me when I'm out. So, but you know, it's good that, you know, you were able to change your mindset in college and truly focus on your academics. But, you know, shifting gears from that, what, what led you to choose Mount St. Mary's as your college, as your university choice versus other schools in Maryland? Well, actually I'm down at uh, St. Mary's college, uh, St. Mary's, um, I think what really made that decision for me is I was actually, I went to a school down in North Carolina for my first two years. I was playing D2 across there. And I loved, when I first made my decision to go to college, it was let's like get away from Calvert, right? Like let's change the scenery. Let's change the culture that you're used to. And it was really nice at first, you know, being down there. It's a different place. It's new. You know, you're kind of learning these different things, but, um, Lacrosse wasn't there for me, and as I said earlier, you know, lacrosse is, was always my my safe ground. You know, my my home away from home, and I felt that I wasn't getting that true college lacrosse experience. Um, and I didn't think that that was really God's intentions or plans for me. So um, my best friend, actually from high school, Michael Thorne, he was leaving Frostburg and he was coming to St. Mary's, and he called me one day. And he's like, come on, bro, we're leaving. And I'm like, what, what do you mean we're leaving? He's like, pack your bags, we're, we're going. We're like, I know you don't like playing here. I know you're not happy. This is a game you love. We're going to go be happy and go play at St. Mary's. And um, I called the coach up the next day, and I ri- originally turned him down going into uh, college, and I called him. And I remember one thing we talked about when at our meeting was, um, I have faith in you. I have faith in God, and I have faith in you, and I have faith in this program. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. The door's always open. So when I picked up that phone call and I just expressed to him, hey, like, I, I know how much I love lacrosse. I know how much you do. I have, you have faith in me. I have faith in you. And it was just a perfect fit, honestly. It's a great culture of guys here. Um, it's not like most, I guess you can say, most college teams where, you know, you have a team, but – you don't really hang out as a team. Complete opposite here. I mean, if you invite one of these guys here, 
be prepared for the rest of the 50 to show up. You know, we're really, really tight-knit family. And it made being at college not being at college. You know, we're we're going to practice, and I'm just hanging out with my friends playing lacrosse. So um, long story short, to answer that question, that's what really, really made St. Mary's a good choice for me. I appreciate that, dude. Like the courage to be able to pick up from where you were and go do something different and take that chance on yourself. Obviously, it was a good, you know, decision that you made. But in hindsight, you didn't really know that at the time. So I like that. You know, the courage and the strength to leave some place where you're not happy yet and go do something different. I think a lot of people can benefit from that. What kind of advice would you give to anybody right now that is? kind of struggling adjusting with college right now whether they're a first year student or they're a third year student and they're you know really struggling to find their place what kind of advice would you give to them um you know make connections um it's not kind of like high school where you grow up with everyone that you know there you know no one really knows you so if you go out and you make connections with people make connections with your professors right those are going to be people that you're going to be asking the right write letters of recommendation for later. There are also people that are going to be able to give you that extra assistance when you need it. So just having that direct line of communication as, you know, as an adult, like you can't take what somebody has to say as always negative criticism. Um, Sometimes criticism is just criticism. That's just what it is. And you're just not doing what you need to do to benefit yourself. And that criticism, it's, because it, it sounds like, oh, you know, this person's telling me I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough. That's just not, that's not what they're saying. It's just, hey, you might have to reevaluate how you're going about it. So just stay, and staying positive. Um, I feel like mental health isn't really talked enough about with college students, right? They expect us all to be out here partying and drinking, and that's cool if, if that's what you want to do and that's what you like to do, but there's also a huge, you know, mental, mental health concern. So, like I said, open line of communication. Talk to your friends. Ask for help. Don't be scared to feel like you, you don't know it all because none of us really know it all. Yeah, exactly. Like, I totally agree with that. Um, My aunt and I were talking about this yesterday, but she said she feels like the ages 18 and 25 is where people go through a second route of puberty, you know, because you're still... You're growing up, you're trying to adjust to this new world that you're living in. You know, you're not really an adult, you're not really established, but everybody's looking at you like that. You don't really know 100% what you want to do, but yet you're expected to know what you want to do from the older generation. And it's just, it's a lot of pressure and it's hard. And that's where mental health comes in also, where, you know, you just talk to people, find a source of community of people to talk to, you know, weigh out your options and figure out what's best for you. You know, unfortunately, we can't do this life by ourselves. And, you know, we all have to, you know, find some encouragement somewhere, somehow. And that just comes by talking to people and having that chance and that opportunity to be vulnerable and be honest with yourself. How has your mental health improved, let's say, from your freshman year of college up until now? Do you feel like it's improved since then? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean it's. I'll, I mean I'll, I'm not scared to say it at all. It's been a complete roller coaster for me, um, and I think it's important that more athletes, especially, come out and talk about this because it's very misconception that athletes are tough and going through this and that. I can speak on personal accounts. Um, I've probably talked to more friends that are athletes that have gone through mental health than someone who's not an athlete, and. Um, like you said, having that community to talk with, right? And and because not 
you don't have to be in the same sport to understand the daunting tasks that come with being an, a collegiate athlete. And um, honestly, just communication, right? At first, my parents had no idea what was going on with me. They just noticed that I was changing and moods were shifting. I was losing relationships with really close people. Um, and, it, and again, I, I, I want to think COVID kind of had a lot to play with sitting back and realizing everything's not okay. And it's okay for everything not to be okay. We don't have to be perfect. And again, like you said, you said it the best way, having that community support system, just to talk, just to air things out. And um, I think that took me from being, like I said earlier, when I was at Jawan at a kind of dark spot, and now being able to make that shift to St. Mary's was a step. And then having COVID was just another step for me to just keep loving myself, right? Just, just loving myself and loving the people around me being open with the people around me, not trying to hide everything in to have this tough guy type exterior, because if you need help, you got to get help. And there's no point in pushing that off. Yeah. It's a tough thing, man, to be vulnerable, especially within the black community, like black men. It's just such a tough thing to really go through. You know, I look at my grandfathers and my uncles, for example, they pretty much have to soldier on through all of their emotions and stuff. And, you know, not saying that they're emotionally numb, but they don't really tap into that emotional side because nobody was there to listen to them. And so I think sometimes there is that expectation from the older generation on the youth today to just, you know, just keep soldiering on. Like, you had a bad day, just pray, get up the next morning and just go about your business. But I feel like if you leave those issues to the side and you don't really address them, it's just going to manifest and build up and get worse. So, you know, that's why I say you got to talk to people like with me. I go to therapy. I'll be honest and transparent about it. I talk to a therapist. It's not easy sometimes for me mentally, but... You know, taking care of my mental health is a big priority for me. And I think that's what a lot of college students have to do. And the one thing you touched on was college athletes and their mental health. Me, I've never been an athlete in my life. So it's hard for me to kind of like understand that. So like, I mean, talk to me about that. What are some of the pressures that college athletes go through mentally? So definitely. Um, I can I can speak a lot on my freshman year, right? Um. You know, at Northern, we were able to win a state championship my senior year. Um, I did very well for myself that year. Um, I was able to go on an athletic scholarship. Um, I was at a really high moment. And I let that high carry on into my freshman year of nobody's better than me because this is what I did. And um, it's hard. As a freshman, you come in and you're like, okay, I don't care that I'm a freshman. I'm better than everybody here and I want to be better. I want to be the best. That's why I'm here. And I think the best thing that happened to me was my first practice, I, I, I got my butt kicked. You know, I had, I had to sit back and be like, yo, these kids are good. Like, they're good. And everyone, when you get to the collegiate level, only 4% of high school athletes go on to play in the collegiate level. So everyone that you're going to play with, they were all probably the top dog at their school. Or one of you know in that upper grade level player, so the competition takes a huge, huge increase in just how good everyone's getting, and you know you're also trying to manage. Okay, I'm in a new environment. I got a new coach. I have weightlifting. I have conditionings. I have meetings. You know, there's really not a lot of free time besides out outside of school and and whatever sport you're playing. You got a lot of things that you have to get done. So. 
it's kind of like getting thrown into the real world right away. You're working nine to fives, and then you got you got to put in the extra work if you want to be better just than the guy that's in front of you on the roster. So um, that's the biggest the biggest thing there. And and the sum to really sum that up is you got to ride the highs and the lows. It, you know, there's some years that there may be someone better than you, and you're not going to play. And then maybe next year you beat that guy out and you do play. And it's just, it is mentally tiring. It's very exhausting. Um, but if you love the sport, you love yourself, and you love the purpose of why you're doing this, it, you know, all that kind of levels itself out. Would you say that that experience, your freshman year of college, when you went through all those struggles, would you say that that humbled you in a lot of ways? Oh, my God, yeah. It made me um, made me a better leader, honestly. I, I was fortunate enough to start my freshman year. But um, I had to learn to communicate and not sound like a jerk or someone to know it all, right, or bossy. And, and sometimes it took just taking somebody, putting your arm around them. They had a bad day, and you notice it, and just, hey, what's going on with you? You're not being yourself today. You know, what's, what's up? What's, like, talk to me. Why aren't you understanding this player? Why aren't you understanding this assignment? Um, so, yeah, it, it, a lot of growth in that department there. Nice, man. Uh, I was listening to a podcast by Kobe a while back. Shout out Kobe. Rest in peace, Kobe. You know, I started listening to him. I think he's like a really good person to listen to, like when it comes to discipline and motivation. But anyway, he was talking on the podcast about how when he was young on the Lakers and how he was just driven. He didn't really care how any, how, how everybody was doing mentally. It was like, we need to win the championship. We need to do this. I don't care how you're feeling. Like, we need to go. We need to go do this. And eventually, as the years went on and he started experiencing some stuff on his own mentally, it's where he realized that he needed to be more empathetic to the players during practice, during games, seek to understand what's going on with everybody mentally, and just work together as a cohesive unit and as a team. Because it's not one versus all. You know, one person can't do the entire job on the team. Everybody has to work together. So when one person is down, we have to pick that person up as best as we can so we can all work towards the goal that we're all working towards as athletes you know you you're an athlete the goal is obviously to win a championship you know what i mean bring that bring that title to your university so i think it's good that players have that ability leaders captains they have that ability to be empathetic to get down to that person's level see how they're feeling and try to find a way to bring them back up definitely definitely yeah absolutely dude your senior year St. Mary's College, what was that like for you? Were you on campus? Was everything virtual? Because I know a lot of universities had different methods to their, you know, teaching. So what was that like for you? Um, honestly, wild. <laughs> <laughs> wild. Um, so, we're, you know, we have our season still. We, I was fortunate enough, fortunate enough to be down here on campus. Um, I lived off campus, so I didn't really do much classes in person. That was an option, but just out of the safety for my team and, and you know, because it takes pretty much one COVID case. If you if you were to catch COVID, you're pretty much out for six weeks with, uh, you know, the two-week wait period. Then you got to get cleared, and then you got to go get an EKG. So it was a process. So that, that was really stressful. And like I said earlier, we're a really, really, really family-oriented team here. So when the rules became that you could only have maximum 10 people at your house, that put a really big strain on our culture as a team where it's like, wait, what? We can only pick who we want to hang out with on this Friday or this Saturday. And it kind of became a little stressful because we didn't get that time to really bond with the freshmen. 
and bond with the sophomores and keep establishing this culture that we built. So that was really hard. And then on top of, you know, we're practicing at 6 a.m., six days a week. We're getting COVID tested at 5 a.m. Um, it, it was a mess. We had to practice with masks for the first semester. So, mm. you know, it, it, um, it did a lot on everyone's mental health. So it was really, that was noticeable. Um, team morale was probably kind of at an all-time low. No one was really excited to go to practice as much. But, um, I, I, again, like I said, I think the big thing was for our team, though, that was a really big growing year when it goes towards the athletic-wise because we were, able, we were able to practice everything. And so that coming into next year, it's like we kind of, I hate to say it, but we kind of wrote off last year, like, all right, like this probably isn't going to be the year. But it's going to allow us to build building blocks going into next year. So um, I think closer towards the end of the year, morale started to pick back up, and um, it started to become fun. And, and and you got to spend time with people that if you were at a party of 60, 70, you probably weren't going to be able to get this one-on-one time with that person. So got to learn a lot about my teammates and a lot about myself. So it was it, was, it, it became better. That's good. It all goes back to, as I was talking about earlier, enduring, enduring through those challenging and tough times and those difficult times. Like, it's not easy. The pain is just so terrible. Like, you know, sometimes I'll get that pain, like, in my heart, and it just, it hurts just going through it all. But, like I said, that ability to withstand and endure it all, it's like once you get to the end of the line and you see the sunshine and you see everything happening in the end how you wanted it to it's just it's a beautiful feeling so you know i'm glad that you and the team was able to endure through all that and you had a pretty successful senior year when did you start coaching as a lacrosse coach when did that all start for you all right so this is this is kind of a good story so senior year um going to graduate right you have to have your volunteer uh, community service hours yeah i was 12 hours short so I decided, hey, I'm going to go help the Beach Buccaneers out. I live right by them. I'm going to go, you know, help them out after practice when I can. And um, I wasn't expected to be thrown into a head coach type of role. But um, it quickly was that just because of experience and knowledge that I was just doing a little bit more beneficial job of just being the head coach for that team. And that was at like 16, 17 years old. Um, working with my first group, they were all middle schoolers. Um and like I said earlier, I enjoyed, right, watching these kids understand what I was showing them and then watching them go out and execute it on the game field. It was it was like a, a huge sense of just achievement. Of like, they get it. Like, they get it. They got it. And um, I fell in love with that adrenaline rush, man. Like, watching this kid who I remember my first year, this kid could not catch the ball. Could not catch the ball. No matter how it was, he wasn't going to catch the ball. Finally catches the ball and scores his first goal. And that moment of just excitement for him was like, wow, this is better than when I scored my first goal. So um, that's been, you know, I've been doing it every summer since then. Uh, we're working with clinics, working with that. And then with this last summer and COVID and stuff, um, I started working more camps. And um, both uh, boys and girls across. So really growing in the game and growing in coaching. And it, it's been the, one of the best hobbies I've ever been able to stumble upon. Nice, man. What did you go to school to major in? I should have asked that earlier, but what are you majoring in? Or what did you major in? Well, I'm an econ major with a business management uh, degree, and probably within the next year or so, I will be going back to get a master's in uh, business management. Nice, man. Nice. How was that feeling when you graduated, um, I want to say, what was it, last year? 2021, earlier this year. How was that feeling for you? 
I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm happy I was able to make my parents proud. Um, my mom got a full academic ride at Howard, and my dad served the military, and he was able to do some school as well. So um, my dad has always told me that his job and my job as well is to make sure that the next generation does better. So my, my goal is to make sure that I just, you know, keep doing better and, and make sure that I can set a platform for my kids, my children to do better. And um, graduating from college, that's just the first step. You know, there's so many more things that I want to be able to do to, to just create that platform and that base for, for growth. Nice, man. That's incredible. I got my associates two years ago, which I think it's incredible to think about that time has gone by that fast. But I got my associates. I got a year or two left at Bowie State till I can get my degree. Obviously, COVID took away graduation from me last year. So I got my diploma in the mail. But again, it was a really good, rewarding feeling to know that I put in all this work for two years and I was able to work hard just to achieve that. So I know it's going to be a even better feeling getting my bachelor's because that's, that's the big thing right there. That's the big money thing right there, my bachelor's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the group that you're coaching now, what is that group? You working with younger kids? Is it with older group? What group are you working with now? So right now I'm doing a couple coaching sessions with um, private. I got a couple private sessions, mainly between uh, 10th grade and about 7th grade. And then I do a lot of with uh, BCA, which is called Breakfast Club Academy. It's a skills development academy that Cannon's uh across cup developed down in Calvert and in the Edgewater area. And it's pretty much just working on honing advanced skills and getting kids that one-on-one attention. So I'm doing with that, I'm probably getting anywhere between about six to 10 kids a session, um, all various age groups. I preferably like to stay in that middle school, high school range. Um, I think that's when kids kind of, the, the things start clicking. It's, it's, no, it's like it's a game, but you're starting to understand how to play chess in the game. And I think I think that's my favorite part about it. I like that analogy, learning to play chess with the game or play chess in the game. I like that analogy. I'm going to start using that from now on. That's awesome, bro. <laughs> Kudos to you. I'm glad that you're out here living your life. You're living your dreams. You're doing everything that you've set out to do. And I just think that's incredible. I can see it in you. I see the passion. Like, I think that's incredible. As 2021 is coming to a close, it's almost rolling to an end, what are some of the goals that you have for yourself before this year wraps up? Um, honestly, that's a, that's, a really, that's a really, really good question. Uh, I think a big thing for me is I definitely want to make sure that I'm doing what I can do to have some job security. And um, I'm looking into getting into the DOD, uh, doing some type of logistic work, so just trying to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do to push that and not just sitting around waiting for it to, you know, stumble upon me instead of me going and attacking that. And then, again, like like we talked about a lot throughout this podcast, I don't think mental health is just something that, you know, you go, you talk about it, settle that one problem, and it's over. Like, I want to get my mental health to the optimum performance. You know, I want to, be, I want to make sure that everything's okay. I don't want to have doubts in myself. I want to be fully confident in myself. So I think that's probably going to be number two on the chart is just making sure mentally and physically I'm okay because I can't do what I want to do or what my purpose is on this world if everything's not okay with me. 
Right. I agree. And that's the same thing with me, too. Like, I want to progress. I want to continue to advance mentally, physically, spiritually. Obviously, spiritually, you know, I want to make sure my relationship with the Lord is right. But, of course, mentally. Because if I'm not right mentally up here, then I can't do the job that the Lord is calling upon me to do. And nobody can do it either. So, I think it's good to be able to focus on your mental health and make that a priority. And so my last question to you before I go ahead and wrap up is if you could offer a piece of advice to, you know, anybody going through any struggles with their mental health right now, you know, what would you say to that individual? Um, you're loved. You're loved. Um, I went through personally one of probably the hardest summers that I've ever went through. Um, I lost about six close friends and family members in the past in three months span and the biggest thing that I wish I could say to, to some of them and even people that are feeling sad right now is you are loved. There, there's someone that loves you so much that they don't want to go to your family. They don't want to sit through that. They don't even want to think about not being with you. So just understand that you're loved. And even if even if you could, your neighbor might love you. You don't even know it. It, might, it is not always the love of you know sexual love or anything like that, but just you're a great person, right? And not everything is, seems like it's great right now, but if you continue to just keep working and keep fighting because there's someone that loves you, it's going to work out, and you're going to see brighter days. Nice, man. I like that. Beautiful thing, you know? And I think it's good that people need to understand that they're loved and people care for them because it's hard in that moment because you're just going through it all alone, but... You know, it's, it's a rewarding feeling to know that people do love and people do care about you, especially when you get those texts of people just randomly checking in on you at a random time during the day. It just shows that people love you, even though you think that you don't feel that. But nonetheless, man, thank you so much for your time. I had a wonderful time talking with you. This is our first conversation, and I think it flowed really well with everything. So once again, thanks again and good luck to you in the future. Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm Like I said, a big fan of your show, and it was an honor to be on here, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. Take care. All right, brother. You too. Yep. All right, this wraps up the podcast. Stay blessed and stay encouraged, and I'll be back with y'all again soon.